0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a Home Team edition. Yours truly, Ben Popper, director of content here at Stack Overflow, and my partner in crime, the editor of our blog and maestro of our newsletter, Ryan Thor Donovan. Ryan, all right. Thank you, sir. How you doing? Good. Good. Drop that uh, middle name on him. Nice. Yeah, you got to drop the middle name. Yeah. Show strength. <laughs> the Nobel Prize in Physics was awarded to three scientists. For producing the shortest burst of light ever. Mm -hmm. So small. So small. Tiny. It was one attosecond. An attosecond. Like an atomic second. It's one quintillionth of a second. Man. An attosecond and a quintillionth are both just made up. Those are made up numbers. (laughs) Yeah, they're all just made up. So if you can see the electrons, you can study the birth of the universe, you can learn some things. And electrons rule everything around us. Right. Computers, too. Okay. Software. Deep down. It's all right. just electrons. Yeah. Ones and twos.
1: Well, that that was so they could look at electrons, right? Going 43 miles per second.
0: Yeah. They're moving so fast. You need to be even faster to take a quick snapshot of them. So just, yeah. It's like a strobe light. Take a picture.
1: It's like a strobe light.
0: Like like moon and a fan.
1: So yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder what the use cases of this will be. I mean, obviously, we're, we're at the pure yeah. science part of a... Program here, but I don't know if being able to measure them more precisely will make computers faster. Right, somebody, somebody come up with something.
0: Ah, here we go. Okay, what could the future hold? Technology taking advantage of attoseconds is largely yet to enter the mainstream, but the future looks bright. Experts say. So far, we're only using this stuff to observe electrons, but what is basically untouched yet. Or it's really just beginning is to control the electrons, to manipulate their motion, which could lead to mm-hmm. far faster electronics, as well as potentially spark a revolution in chemistry. We would not be limited to what molecules naturally do. Now that we can see the electrons, then we can poke them, move them around, right. make them go this way and that. That's coming next.
1: Right. Like one of those machines that knocks the, uh, the rotten apples out of the way. just Knock
0: some electrons. Exactly. I'm glad we brought this back to hardware. Yeah. Okay. This is all better performance for your next gaming PC.
1: Yeah, it's just,
0: <laughs> ultimately,
1: you're going to get Nobel <laughs> Prizes just to make, you know, your Call of Duty run better friend yeah. breaks. That's, that's it. That's all it is.
0: That much smoother. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Side note, there was a, a petition going around a while back to make hella an official metric uh, prefix. So it'd mm. be, you know, one halometer to the next star or something, like some ridiculous nice. hologram.
0: I like that. Be hella big. Also, another excellent Norse god. We're getting a lot of Norse god references on this one. Speaking of things that are difficult to observe and, and don't make a lot of sense, the SBF trial begins today. It posits, it alleges that Sam Bankman Fried is behind what may be one of the biggest financial frauds in history $8 billion or something like that. And it really feels like, yeah, sort of a capstone at the end of what was a, you know, a crypto era where crypto dominated the conversation. Blockchain technology was the thing that was the hottest and has completely taken a backseat now to AI, as well as, you know, sort of still fail to find its foothold, its great utility in the world. From what I can tell, there may be use cases out there and I would like to be proven wrong. We've had some folks on talking about cross-border transactions. You know, if you live in an autocratic state, I'm sure it's a great way to protect your assets. From a cryptography, secure messaging, you know, perspective, there might be some utility, but it certainly doesn't feel like it's disrupting everyday life and the, you know, sort of movement of industry, the way that generative AI has done in its first six to 12 months.
1: I mean, I think I have heard a couple use cases that, seem good you know i I think i heard that the california dmv is using it to record some sort of licenses or registrations um there's some other Mm, ones that are actually using it for something that that is genuine but it always has felt like anybody talking about crypto is trying to hustle you right right? and i know you were sort of on the more positive side of crypto are you shifting because this are you Throwing up your your hands in the air?
0: You know, I guess the unfortunate thing is that crypto became a speculative bubble in the way that, you know, tulips once did or... Comics in the 90s. Junk bonds or tech stock, yeah. So, like, you know, there was a point in time where... People who had nothing to do with crypto, you know, your local car mechanic and and dentists were saying, ah, you know, I'm in a chat group online and we know what the next big shit coin is going to be and we're going to, you know, get ahead of this and, you know, triple our money overnight. And when people start talking like that, the underlying technology is irrelevant, right? And SBF, you know, yeah, like allegedly sort of stood atop the pinnacle of that kind of behavior. So I guess, yeah, like, you know, banking the unbanked was always one of the great things they talked about you know, how many people were able to sort of secure a savings account that they can access when they need and, you know, is immune to the inflation that's rocking their country because of blockchain. I don't know. You know, I I remember writing about what a huge impact companies like M-Pesa were having in Africa by allowing people to save money digitally and load up their phones, you know, and sort of, become, you know, people who are participating in the financial system, despite living in really rural areas where, you know, there wasn't a lot of technological infrastructure. And so I guess it doesn't feel to me like, you know, blockchain or Bitcoin really fulfilled that promise, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. I think the solution to that is just better banking, right? Like there's talk of check cashing at the post office or something like that, or just giving everybody, you know, a direct line to the, the, Federal Reserve just right. to have some amount of money there. Yes. I think that with with crypto, it always seemed like its basic basic use case was speculation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think some of the things you're talking about they seem obvious on their face, and the reason we don't have them sometimes is because of regulatory capture, right? Like, why not make mm-hmm. things easier? The answer, unfortunately, often is that like the people who are currently profiting from other systems don't want you to get into that. Right. But yeah, like from the beginning, I guess. Crypto captured people's imagination and technologists' imagination because it said, We're going to get off the old financial rails. We're going to build a whole new world on our own. And that world is wrapped up in ideas around cryptography and math and shared compute. And, you know, that was exciting. I mean, software developers and technologists want to be involved in the next big wave. And so, you know, we had done the internet, we had done mobile, we had done social, and we were waiting for something big. And a lot of people. Banked on this one, and it feels it feels bad, man, to see it not flourish, and also to see it hurt a lot of other people. You know, to see yeah. that be the outcome. So,
1: I mean, I I think there was a lot of sort of hope around the decentralization part of it. Like, I I definitely liked hearing about you know DAOs and the sort of decentralized applications, but you know, that just speaks to the sort of frustration of the power of platforms, right? Like, everybody wants a little bit more control in their world, but, you know, somebody's going to control it eventually.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think another piece of it was a reaction to, you know, locked in social graphs and other walled gardens and the idea that we could create these shared spaces that, you know, Mastodon has done to a degree. And some people, you know, have found great community there and are running their own servers and stuff like that. But, yeah, the ease of use for the average user and the ability to get to that sort of mega scale and to have that network effect Mm -hmm. still requires, at least till now, you know, centralization has been the answer. I mean, not in open source software, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Linux rules the world and maybe there's a benevolent dictator for life, but it's open to all to, mm-hmm. you know, improve and fork and change. So in open source software, maybe you have seen the success of that idea. Yeah. I mean, talk about Linux and there's so
1: many flavors of Linux and Unix, which is the, the sort yeah. of underlying just people contributing and forking and building their own. I think that's that's really powerful. But, you know, like you said, the, the network effect, having a big platform is actually kind of great. Like I haven't used Mastodon much and I was mostly mm-hmm. a lurker on Twitter, but I still lurk on Twitter because it's still right where people are posting things and where you find everybody.
0: Yeah, you're lurking on or, Twitter and we're, we'll, we will never stop calling it Twitter.
1: I will right? never stop exactly. calling it Twitter. Exactly,
0: <laughs> Never. And yeah, I guess the other funny thing about the Sam Bankman Fried one is like he just couldn't stop himself yeah. from continuing to talk. There's a great piece in Wired We can League in the show. Sam Bankman-Fried is the worst client ever. Mm-hmm. You know, he really did himself no favors in the lead up to this trial, you know, speaking with journalists and appearing on podcasts. And I guess the defense is like, I was just doing my best and I was clueless. I wasn't defrauding yeah. anybody. I'm just not that bright. We'll see how that one plays out.
1: I mean, they had a chat channel called Wire Fraud where they were talking about defrauding yes. people. So,
0: yes. Yes. Also important to remember that like three of the four major people who were indicted have pled guilty and are cooperating. So he's in a pretty bad position as the one person trying to buck that trend. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll (laughs) see how that goes. It's trial starts today. It's supposed to take six to eight weeks. So we'll check back on that one in a little bit. Right. Next up in our news hits, California's math and misadventure is about to go national. Ryan, tell me what this one's about.
1: So there were some uh, proposed Changes to the middle school math curriculum, where they're they're talking about getting rid of algebra, pushing it later. Mm. And the article I read was written by a math professor. He studies undergraduate math curriculums. It was like I think he's a child of a math high school teacher too. And he read this entire thousand-page proposal and was like, "Not based on research. The things you're trying to cut." are sort of key to the things you're trying to promote, like data science and computer science. And the proposed quote-unquote data science course is sort of a data understanding course, which is valuable, but it's not going to replace the sort of logical manipulation of algebra. And I think it's very valuable. Like when, when I went to college, there was a course called discrete math, which you had to take if you're uh-huh. taking computer science classes. And it turns math into this big logical problem where it's like, you know, what's 15 plus 27? Well, it's, you know, it's 10 plus 20 plus 5 plus Mm 7. And it teaches you how to kind of break down things into smaller parts and understand how you can manipulate and move the numbers in a way that computer can.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, my kids are in fourth and fifth grade. They're, you know, very defiantly into their reading Calvin and Hobbes and saying school sucks phase. Right. Luckily, they managed to bring home good grades. And it is interesting like to see them rebel against math but apply those things in real life you know like Mm -hmm. like you said they they are using those concepts you know to divide up time or to you know make progress in a video game they just can't stand to you know be um told they need to eat their broccoli right like that's (laughs) when when somebody tells you you have to do the multiplication tables then you know that's when you feel like they're total nonsense and i'm sure a lot of people feel the same way about algebra but to your point maybe yeah like making it, as you said, something that you can understand how you would apply it in life Mm -hmm. always enlivens the the education. Yeah. And I think there's a part
1: of new math where they sort of teach you addition by getting to 10, where it's like Mm -hmm. seven plus eight is seven plus three plus five, right? You get to 10 first and Mm -hmm. then you, and I was, I was like, oh, that's, that's great. That's sort of how I did things in my head. Right. Instead of just the, the memorization. But I think that sort of manipulation of of numbers is not intuitive to people. So I think algebra is the first step to that.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. We have one more. It might be a little too spicy to survive in the <laughs> end, but we're going to go there anyway. We'll see how pricing change led to a revolt by Unity's video game developers in an industry where customers are slow to trust and quick to criticize a new fee from Unity infuriated studios that use the platform. Unity is a big name. It's been around <laughs> forever. It's basically professional tools to build 3d games instead of an annual fee it mm-hmm. was charge developers every time someone installed a copy of their games Meaning they would pay more as their titles grew in popularity don't punish success yeah it's so un-american don't you know that <laughs> <laughs> flat tax
1: it's also there's a lot of unity developers like unity was this kind of like professional toolkit used by very yeah. punk rock anybody could pick it up and, and do stuff so there's a lot of free stuff out yeah. there a lot of free games made with it a lot of uh game jams right. where it's like oh yeah. now you have to pay for every time somebody installed your free software like right that's not going to work
0: that's no good yeah yeah they should have thought about that like some portion of the money that's coming in makes sense right but paying per download if it's you're charging for free means right there can be no more of that open community stuff that's no good yeah
1: and i i know at least one person who is a unity developer professionally who when mm. they saw that or like, what do I got to like learn a new language now? I've been doing this for, you know, 10, 10, 15 years or something, built a career on it. And right. Now he's like, this is not
0: workable. Right. You got to message these things earlier. You got to work with the community to come to a reasonable compromise before you announce because as the article also points out the about face would make a significant difference for unity, which has never turned a profit. So, you know, the people inside, you know, who are, you know, maybe working to sustain this or want to grow it in certain ways, are saying like, we got to figure out some, you know, business model for the long term, but you don't want to just drop something on your community, which has invested so much without them expecting it or kind of having, you know, understanding how they can work with it. Like, for example, can you apply for a academic or, you know, not for profit, you know, version if you're not going to charge and how would that work?
1: Right. Or, you know, change when the licensing starts. So if you've mm-hmm. already been mm-hmm. paying on this other licensing scheme, you're not going to suddenly owe, you know, thousands of dollars because your game was a success five years ago.
0: Right. Developers said they felt betrayed. Many spent years learning and coding in a particular programming language used by Unity called C Sharp.
1: I mean, to be fair, C Sharp is a language that, you know, can be used elsewhere. I think we use right. C Sharp on yeah. uh, Stack Overflow because it's, yeah. a, it's a Microsoft technology. Yeah, we're a Microsoft shop. Don't sweat.net.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Among other changes, it raised the revenue threshold for games. Okay, so larger developers are primarily charged, and smaller ones not. Company mm-hmm. still plans to go ahead with the new fee model. Okay, so they did respond to this and made some changes. You know, maybe more will come to sort of sort out this brouhaha. But yeah, that's a great first start that you should have had with the community first. You know, under right. 100,000 copies, you know, we're not going to charge you. That way you can have your game jam. You can have your, you know... <laughs> your indie creative thing, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there is a uh, negotiating technique where you say something crazy to start, something that is unacceptable to everybody and use that as like the baseline negotiating position.
0: (laughs) Right, right. You get that stocking horse out there. That's right.
1: And then you say, well, okay, we'll do this other one. And you're like, oh, that's... (laughs) All
0: right. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you have thoughts about any of this, how to properly teach math, what the best way for Unity and its developers to come together is, the fate of SBF, whatever. you know, Jump on the blog, leave us a comment, hit us up at the podcast. You know, We wanna hear from y'all and get you involved in the show. As we do, uh, always at this time, we're going to shout out the winner of a badge, somebody who came on Stack Overflow and helped to spread a little knowledge or asked a great question. Great question today awarded 50 minutes ago to Vasco, how to test abstract classes in Java with JUnit. If you've ever wondered, there is a question for you. Helped 135,000 people. So we appreciate you for asking a great question. Congrats on your badge. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on X at Ben Popper. Email us questions or suggestions, podcast at Stack Overflow. And leave us a rating and a review if you like the show, because it really helps. I'm Ryan Donovan.
1: I edit the blog here at Stack Overflow. You can find it at stackoverflow.blog. And you can reach out to me on x at rthordonovan.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you soon.